Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Bites, our thought leader series where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the conversion TV space. I'm your host, Michael Beach. Uh, hello, welcome to another edition of Screen Bites. Uh, today, it's my pleasure to welcome Mark Rotblatt, uh, who's the Chief Revenue Officer at Tubi. Good to, good to see you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark and I go way back uh, to the two mobile days where uh, uh, Mark was there from the beginning, uh, 10 plus years, all the way through the uh, Adobe acquisition and the uh, transition. And uh, uh, Tube's definitely one of my all-time favorite companies. So um, welcome to the show, Mark. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, start off here with a uh, little icebreaker that we've asked everybody. Uh, what was your first job and kind of what lessons did you take away to for where you are today. Yeah, um, you know, I, ha I had a couple jobs uh, kind of all at once when I was, uh, I think, 14, 15, 15 timeframe. Uh, I was both a, uh, a Kmart checkout person, um, work worked at the cash register there, uh, and I also was a lifeguard. Um, so those, are, those were my two first jobs at the same time. What did I learn? And Kmart was a trip. Um, I have so many funny stories from, from being a checkout person there. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I think it was, it was good to just, um, it's good to, to be, have, you know, in that type of role where, um, you, you learn that, man, I want to continue on. I want to, I want to make sure that I, um, uh, get the education and so that I'm not, you know, punching a clock, which is, you know, what you're doing. Um, so, uh, but really funny stories about the, some of the things, the shenanigans from some of the people that, that came in. It was fun. And uh, Illinois, is that correct? Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm from a small town in Illinois in the Northwest corner of the state. You miss the winter? I do not miss the winter. Yeah. I, I, I love, the Midwest. Um, and when, when I went to college um, in North Carolina, the first time back, though, I was like, I couldn't believe how colorless it was in the fall. So it's not just the cold, it was just the gray um, that, that really um, made me want to uh, make my life elsewhere. Great. And uh, how'd you get your start in the Convergent TV space? It was, um, you know, really from the early days, of, you know, being at TubeMogul. So I, I was actually in healthcare, healthcare consulting work, went to business school at uh, UC Berkeley. And that's where I met, um, you know, co-founders of, of TubeMogul. Uh, and it was really a school project. And um, I decided to join on, uh, was really working with them uh, before graduating from uh, business school. And that, as, as you remember, was online video distribution analytics. It ended up pivoting into uh, software for buying uh, video ads and focus on brand advertising. And in, in, by virtue of that and getting into the measurement, we, we were really focused on all ways of using software for brand advertising, including uh, connected television and, and other forms of TV. That's great. We were actually a uh, topic of a recent talk a few weeks back where um, you know, were talking about how, you know, today, you know, everyone's kind of talking about how mature the digital video space is. 
uh, and we kind of brought up the fact that I remember back in uh, probably when, when Tube went, uh, went public that you kind of thought that the space was mature then and it's a completely different world today. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see the growth since then. And before we jump into in deeper into the conversation, would you mind giving our community a little more background on Tubi and kind of where you fit in the conversion TV space? Yeah, certainly. Um, so Tubi is the largest free ad-supported movie and TV app. Um, so we're an app like a Netflix, um, but no subscription. We have uh, over 23,000 titles. And, um, and with all of those titles, you know, we have a great personalization engine to really help people uh, find uh, great content that is meant for them. So, um, you know, we are over 80% on the big screen, uh, somewhere between 80 and 85% of our viewership watches on television. So um, it's TV and, and, and movie content on televisions, the rest being on mobile devices, pretty much through applications. Um, and um, it's a great, uh, uh, fast growing space um, and is convergent because it looks like television. Great, and uh, I saw recently you announced a, a new high in users. Uh, kind of mind telling us a little bit more about that and, and any kind of uh, characteristics of the makeup of the audience? Sure, um, yeah, in September we announced um, that we uh, surpassed 33 million MAU, monthly active users. Um, and, you know, we've just continued to grow at, at a fast pace over, over several years. Um, the, um, you know, the makeup of that is younger than television. Uh, our median age is somewhere around uh, 34 years old. Um, whereas, you know, television is, is much older and even, you know, uh, owners of certain devices uh, are, are typically higher. So that's kind of the sweet spot for a lot of advertisers looking at 18 to 49 or 25 to 54 range. Um, we are, um, uh, vast majority of our viewership is in the US. Um, we have uh, launched and, and are in Canada, Mexico, and Australia as well. That's great. And kind of what's the, the last six months look like in terms of kind of user growth and time spent, I've got to imagine it's just exploded. The last six months has really exploded. Uh, the, the underlying growth was already happening as um, cord cutting, it was not just underway, but accelerating. Um, but the pandemic really put some fuel on that fire. More people staying at home. Uh, you have people that were looking for more content. You, you, there were memes about, you know, I finished Netflix. Um, and, um, and Tubi is a great compliment to, to Netflix. Um, and so we saw a spike in, in April and we reported that new viewers, the growth was um, 50% over the period, the six weeks period prior to the pandemic. The, so things definitely shot up. They also stayed up. So, um, you know, those viewers have retained and we've, you know, continued to see growth um, over this period of time. What you have are, uh, you know, we're a free service. And when people are looking for content and they want more of it, um, they're staying at home. Maybe they have families that are more at home. We're a great service um, for, for those homes. 
Yeah, another recent announcement uh, I thought was interesting was Tubi News. Uh, kind of mind telling our community more about that and kind of long-term vision? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tubi um, uh, really has been focused on being VOD, video on demand. And we really believe in uh, VOD. Uh, but we are also getting, um, you know, great customer testimonials where they say, we love Tubi. Um, you know, I don't even know what I like better, Netflix or Tubi. Um, and if you just had live news, I'd probably spend all my time with you guys. And, and so we saw that happening. Um, in addition, um, this year more than ever, people are tuning into news. They want to be informed. They want the latest breaking information. Um, there's the election this year. There's um, so much going on, people wanting to tune in and find out what their local officials are saying about um, COVID-19. And, and so we put that on the roadmap and move very quickly to add that in. And, and we have a focus on serving, our, uh, serving local news. And we have um, not just Fox um, station groups, because we are part of Fox, um, but we have, uh, we announced ab about 15 partners that are part of our initial launch. And we're going to be growing from there. I mean, we launched on um, uh, three platforms. Um, we'll be rolling out more platforms over the coming months. And we'll be rolling out more and more uh, channels as well. And I think it'll, you know, as we test and learn, we have uh, an idea of, well, does live go beyond news? Does that go into live channels for uh, news and sports? And those are things we'll be exploring over the longer term. That's great. And uh, switching to the advertiser side, um, you know, do you still see kind of siloed video, video teams or is it starting to go away? I think more than ever, it's about video now. And, um, you know, I'd say years ago, back at my, my tube mogul days, and there might be agencies saying, look, we have video teams, but account by account, there might be that TV team, there, the digital. Um, and, and while there's some of that today, the walls have been broken down quite a bit. Um, but, you know, uh, on the other hand, I will say that um, budgets can still be broken up. And so sometimes we're part of the traditional TV budget. Sometimes we're part of digital or digital video budgets. Sometimes there's a, a middle OTT budget um, or convergent TV or advanced TV. So there's these different pockets um, where budgets might sit. But the planning is really done more holistically, I think, than ever. And, you know, one of the things that I was reading recently was how people talked about uh, how the upfronts look. And then when you dig in, as you do a lot of times on the measurement or the analysis, they were really looking at traditional TV in terms of upfronts um, when really uh, it is a video upfront. You know, it is a video, uh, it is something holistic. And, and, and when you look at it in those terms, um, you know, this year was uh, pretty good given the circumstances. Yeah, it seems a lot stronger. And kind of on that point, 
uh, you know, at the upfronts, you know, having just kind of recently gone through that with, uh, with the team at Fox, are the people, when they're buying the upfronts, obviously they're negotiating everything together, I assume, kind of as a more holistic buy. Are they using the same currency for, for both? Or are they still, you know, CPMs here and ECMs here? Are there gross rating points? I mean, what, what are you kind of seeing in that area at the upfronts? Yeah, good question. A lot of times it comes down to CPMs. Um, sometimes they're targeted, sometimes they're P2 plus. A lot of times the upfront is a, a, a about the, the P2 plus rates. It's about how much are we investing and then account by account, they might be going in on a demo guarantee. They might be going in on a targeted uh, demo um, so uh, or some other targeting. So um, the, the negotiation is typically done on a P2 plus basis. Um, so it depends on the account teams, how they're, how they end up executing. Right. Kind of, you know, taking a more kind of macro view, um, you know, looking back, what's the biggest change that you've seen in the video added marketplace and kind of, you know, how, how's, you know, to be adjusted to that. And, um, you know, what do you see kind of moving forward? Yeah, I think it's um, in the, in this year, it's, it's, it's two things that are tied together. Uh, I'll say it's the awareness of streaming and, and in, the, in the picture. And it's, um, it's how disruptive this year was in the normal flow of things and what that means for the future. And so on the first part, we talked about how the pandemic really shifted streaming. And I started by saying how, you know, a lot of that, foundation was already underway. But I will say that um, the awareness hadn't really gotten to all of the advertising community, whether it's the, the brand marketers or, or the uh, agencies themselves. Sometimes the agencies, as you know, um, might be really telling their clients for years, hey, this is a big thing and it, it takes a while. Well, this is the, the year where the awareness flipped because the, the, the advertisers recognized it was all in their face, you know, in the trades, people talked about this growth, but also as consumers, they, they were, there were changes in behavior and, Hey, let me check out this other thing. Do I want to subscribe to this SPOD service? What else is out there? Um, and so that was a big flip, a uh, big change, I think is the awareness and, and to go back and think about, I like to look at mobile, you know, in 2012 was, you know, 15, 20% of consumption or time spent, but three or 4% of the budgets. And it took five years to get to equilibrium where the budgets were meeting the, the time spent. Um, and we were following that. Is that because we were in a similar position in streaming where um, the time spent was far out, out, outstripped the budgets. I think that it will take less time because of this year, because I think um, that shift will accelerate rather than saying, yeah, I'm going to add 20% into streaming next year or 50%. What do you want to, I can't, I can't triple um, even though the time spent's there. I think you'll see more uh, drastic shifts. And then with that, the upfronts and the TV marketplace is, is, has, is traditionally a rate of change business. 
It's, I spent this much with you last year at this CPM or this rate. And there's the negotiation based on market dynamics, how much more or less, how much uh, I'm going to spend, how much more or less my rate's going to be. That was totally, that table was just flipped over um, because of, you know, uncertainty in the market, uncertainty around business, but also this uh, dynamic and the shift. Um, you know, keep in mind that upfronts are uh, typically, you, you got to know what sports programming is there going to be? Are the sh new shows going to launch on time? You know, all of those things. And so because of that disruption, big change, it really uh, catalyzed changes that I think we'll see in the future. That's great. And, and looking forward, you know, what's the one development uh, that you're the most excited about in the Convergent TV space? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it comes down to um, cross-screen planning and measurement. I think, um, you know, people, advertisers care about their reach. They want to know that they're getting incremental reach to what they're already buying and understanding that. And, um, you know, it's long been uh, uh, an opportunity and now it's front and center and there's more technology companies and more partners that can help with that cross-screen planning and measurement. That type of measurement then leads to better uh, thinking around attribution. And when you kind of combine these things, um, I think that's really gonna change, you know, how things are bought over the next five years. Yeah, love that answer. Um, all right, we'll get you out here one more question. Uh, if you could get your entire team uh, to read a single book uh, during the current environment, what would that book be and why? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I, I really think um, uh, a, a lot that's happened with the social unrest um, and uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, it's, it's gotten everybody to really look in and, and want to learn more. And, and I don't know that I want to just name one book. I think it's something that, but as a topic, it's good for us to be learning more and, and, um, than we ever have in this, in this area. Um, you know, um, I recently read a book called The Memo, which is, you know, talking about um, really, uh, uh, you know, women of color and, you know, some of the challenges they face um, in the business marketplace and, and things like that to really get people talking and thinking in a, uh, in a way about diversity. That's great. Mark, we appreciate our time, your time, and I'm sure our community is going to love this content. So, you know, thank you very much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Bites. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. You can find out more about CrossGreen Media at crossgreenmedia.com. And please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Stay to the Screens. You can find us on social media at CrossGreen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.